We have been called to reach this generation with the love and gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, Bishop Peter is obeying this higher call by preaching and teaching the word of God, both in Kenya and in many other nations of the world, supporting the weak and encouraging the brokenhearted. He and his wife Faith founded Overcoming Faith Church, which is involved in evangelism, church planting, leadership training, family enrichment programs and equipping the saints to serve. In their passion and love for the weak and neglected, they have established Happy Life Children's Home for Abandoned Babies, Happy Life Christian School and recently Jesse K. Children's Hospital. Thanks to the many friends and partners who have come along to make this happen. Glory and praise to our God. What do you need a vision. Number one, it is to lead a purpose and intentionally uh, fruitful life. When you have a vision, it helps you to lead a purpose and intentionally fruitful life. A life that has a purpose. That's what, that's what I mean. A vision helps you to live a life that has a purpose. Without a vision, people perish. That's what the Bible says. And therefore, when you have a vision, it helps you to live or to lead a life that has a purpose. And you are intentional about that purpose and about your life. In other words, you don't guess, you don't gabble, you're not just trying here, trying there. No. If you know you're going to a certain place, you don't just go to the airport and say, is there any flight here that is available? No. You look at your ticket, and the ticket will show you where exactly you're going. And the terminal where you're supposed to board. If you go to the airport, like our International Airport, there are many terminals. There's Terminal A, there's Terminal B, C, D, and all that. So you, you determine which is my terminal that is connected to my destiny. Where am I going? That's the question this morning. In your life, leave alone traveling, because if you're traveling, then probably you'll have known where you're going or where your destiny is before you leave your house or even a few days before you travel. So where are you going? And then you catch the flight that will take you to where you're going. The same way with a vision. It helps you to uh, get the right roadmap to where you're going. And then number two, it helps, vision will help you to manage what God has given you and me. A vision will help us to manage what we have been given. God has given us so much. Amen? I mean, there's so much that God has given us. But how do we manage what God has given us? Now, in all that God has given us, each one of us, we have a territory. We have a territory. There's a room. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, your gift will make a room for you. So in this world, they say we are about 7.5 billion people. Each of those people are a people that 
are in this world, we are in the same world, in every different countries, different continent, but there is a room for all of us. There is a room for all of us. So nobody should say, I don't have a room in Kenya. I don't have a room in Africa. I don't have a room in Asia or America or Canada or wherever. Wherever you are, there is a room. So a vision, your dream and your vision will help you to map that room. Amen? Are we together? It helps you to map that room that belongs to you because everybody should occupy, like Jesus said, occupy till I come. So there is a place, there is a room where you should occupy. But the problem is that many people in the world copy and try to copy other people. Instead of fighting or trying to get to know where is my place in this world? Where is my room? Where do I belong? They start copying other people. It's like they want to ride on others. Instead of pursuing their dream, they begin to copy everybody. I don't think anybody here is a copy of anybody. That's why in the world, there's nobody who looks like you. Have you ever met anybody that, that shocked you? That you look at them and you wonder, did I see myself? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, even if there are some of us who are twins, they still don't look, even if they're identical, there are still some features, <laughs> amen, that will tell, well, this is different from this one. So, I mean, we are different. We talk different. We do things different. We reason differently. And that's our choices are also different. Our wisdom is different. The way we do things, we are different. Our thumbprints are different. Even if you are twins, you don't carry the same thumbprint. If you are traveling, you, don't, you can't sign or, you know, they can't take your thumbprint and say, you, wherever I end, you go, you know, because the other one has taken no. Because we are unique. Can somebody say, I am unique? And I will fulfill my God-given purpose. Say with me, I will fulfill my God-given purpose. So find that purpose, pursue it, and stop. There's a difference between copying and learning from other people. We can learn from other people. We can be, we can get wisdom. Like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. We can get wisdom from other people. But we should not copy other people. Look at even the disciples of Jesus. They were all different. Though they stayed with the same master, the same master called them. They lived with him. They saw him even when they wrote. You know, Matthew, the writings of Matthew are different sometimes from uh, those of Luke. They, are, they have some things in common, but they, even their, their writings, their expressions are different. So we are all different, and that is something we should celebrate. We should not think or look at our differences like it's a weakness. It's not a weakness. It's not a disadvantage that we are different, that we come from different backgrounds, different families, different um, tribes and tongues, and we speak different languages. We should think, how can we use our differences 
to make us better and take us to levels and places where you could not go alone. I always say that no one man can be called a team. But when you bring a number of people together, you can call them a team. But no one man can be a team. So, and team stands for together, everyone achieves much. Okay? It's not like sometimes when we look at team, well, a team, we think, well, I want to be alone so that I can get the whole share. No. That is what we call the synergy. When we come together, I bring what I have, you bring what you have, we bring all that we have, and there is synergy. How many have ever pushed a car? You know, you know, most of you. You see, when you're pushing it alone, sometimes it doesn't move. But you beck on a few people, hey, please come and help. And Kenyans, we are very good in that. So they come and help. You have five people, and now the car can move. Because a team, in a team, we say it again, together, everyone achieves much. That is a team. So be a team player. Even in a church like this, in uh, where you work, even people who have a lot of trouble, even in their place of work, because they are not team players. They are always pulling to their side and they don't want to other people. They just want them to shine. You know, when, you, when the team shines, everybody shines. Amen? If there was a, a match, a football match or a volleyball match, and the team wins, it does not matter who scored. It is the whole team that won. We don't go saying, oh, so-and-so won. Oh, so-and-so won. No, it is the team that won. This popular basketball player who died in a plane crash last, I think last week, Kobe Bryant, so from California. And he was very popular. He was doing very well. But I had last week, I think this week, even after he died, the team played and won. You know, it's unfortunate that he died. But he was their best player. But even after he died, the team, they were saying, well, this team won for the first time without him. <laughs> you know? That's the importance of a team. <laughs> Amen? Because when, when we are a team, then even if one person has a challenge or going through a season, because life has many seasons, then the team continues to pursue and, you know, the vision and the dream. But when you're working alone, if something happens and maybe one day you're unwell or you got inconvenience, then everything stops with you. But that's not a good scenario. For a business, for a company, for a ministry, it's not a good thing that when one person is not there, everything stops. Even in your family, you should not be the one who there are things you know and nobody else knows them. You know their families are like that? There are things that the man knows and nobody knows. There are things that the woman knows and nobody knows. So in case something happens to that man or that woman, actually the others are left in trouble. If he's traveling, they have to keep calling, where is this key? Because you are the one who keeps the key and nobody knows where the key is. You know? Where is this? Where is that? Where is that document? There should be another two or three people who are aware who knows where is this, where is, how does this work? 
And some of us are not good teachers teaching other people how things work. If you find there is something in your house or even in the business and you are the only one, I'm not talking of password that you... <laughs> For a password, I think you just <laughs> need to keep it to yourself. But again, if you have your wife and, or your husband, they should know your password. Is that not so? Okay. Yeah. How many think that your wife or husband should know your password? Let me see. Some of you are listing on their hand. It's like you're scratching. Let me see. Okay. Majority. How many think that should not happen? How many do not know? So if you didn't raise your hand in the first place, automatically you fall in the second category. <laughs> so I don't even have to ask the second category. Because if you didn't raise, then you have a problem your wife or husband knowing your password. Let me share, tell you, how many people have died, unfortunately, because again, death many times doesn't tell you I'm coming tomorrow, and then you can give all your passwords and all the information, and, and, and their families are left to struggle. The wife did not even know this man had an account in this bank, and the money is lost. They did know he had bought a piece of land somewhere along the bypass. They didn't know they had this, they had that. And they lose because nobody knew. Be a team player. You should have, even if you don't trust most of the people, there should be one that you trust. You can't be in this world and you don't trust anybody. There are people who are like that. That me, I don't trust anybody. My trust has been broken I don't trust even my wife, even my husband, even my son, my daughter. I don't trust anybody. I keep everything to myself. You have a problem. And we are here to solve that problem. <laughs> even if somebody broke your trust, that was one person. There are so many other people. Even if you, you should have some confidence. Look at even the, you know, Jesus with the disciples. He had like four categories or four groups. He had Judas who was all the way there. You know, of course you can't give Judas your password. <laughs> you know what will happen. <laughs> if you give Judas your password and you give Judas your key to your safe, you know, of course by the end of the day you'll be crying. You can't give Judas your ATM, Yes. I know he had the money, but you know what happened. That's why I'm saying Judas <laughs> was all the way out there. Unfortunately, some of the people who look like they should be trusted are the people who should not be trusted. Amen? Amen. Even in church, in a ministry, in business, in a company, people who mess, people who do things that they are not supposed to do are the people who did not look like they would do those things. So, Judas is all the way up there. And then we had the other, there were 12. So we are remaining with how many? 11. Among the 11, there, were, there was another group of eight. And then there was another group of three. Actually, they, they, another group of three, yeah. That is John, James, and Peter that were very close to Jesus. And then also there was still somebody else. One man that was very close to Jesus. That was John. So you see, 
So there are four. There is Judas, there is the eight, there is the three, and there is one. So even if you don't trust, I mean, you don't put all, all the twelve in one box. Okay, somehow they're in one box, but out of that box, you can remove at least one that you can say, this is my confidant. Again, you don't, you don't go sharing your personal stuff with everybody. Your vision and your dream with everybody. There are people who have a mission and their mission is to kill your dream. Yeah. And they will not be happy, they will not rest until your dream is dead. Tell your neighbor, I hope you are not one of them. <laughs> their work is to kill your dream. Look at Joseph and his brothers. The brothers were on a mission. Their mission was one. Who do you think you are? We will kill that dream. Oh, did you say you will be the greatest? You rule, you will reign, you will shine like the sun? No, we will not allow you to be. There are people who are on that, and some of them are very close to you. Some of them are family members. Some of them are people very close, very good friends. But their mission is to kill your dream. So what do you need? You need to design who are these people. And then you need to know how to deal with them. Where do you put them? The worst thing that you can do is to bring those people to become your confidence. When you bring those people so close, even in my life, there are people I cannot bring very close. There are people... I will keep a distance. I love them. They are friends. But I cannot bring them this close. Some will be five miles away. Others two miles away. Others one mile. Others half a mile. Others very close. You see? So that's the wisdom you need as you pursue your dream. Because some dreams have been immersed by people who came looking like they are destined to help us and they were destiny killers. You see? And the brothers were not joking. How can you throw your brother in the pit? And then you decide, you decide I want, we want to kill him. And then you remove him, you sell him as a slave. You see? These are not people who are helping you to, to, to become. And then you forget about him. You go lie to your father. You know what? The lion came, the bear came, whatever. We know a story, cook a story. He was killed. And you can see his clothes and he's dead. He's gone. You see, but the, the, the good thing with Joseph is that he kept the dream alive. He did not allow the dream to die. That tells me your dream will be attacked. Your dream will be, you know, some people try to destroy it. There are so many enemies that will fight your dream. Can somebody say with me, I will not give up. Until my dream is fulfilled. That's what you need to do. It didn't matter where Joseph was. He is in the pit. He's still thinking and pursuing his dream. Potiphar's house, implicated with the rape, in prison, beaten, and all that. But you know what? He was still pursuing his dream. I want to challenge you this morning. Keep pursuing your vision. No matter what you go through. Number three, we have a vision so that we can serve. See your vision as a vehicle that helps you 
to serve. Your vision is a vehicle to help you serve others. There is great joy when you serve other people. When we serve our communities, our societies, our ministries, church, our neighborhoods, people that are disadvantaged. So, in other words, your dream should be a vehicle that helps you to reach out to other people. Your dream is not yours only. It's not just for you to meet. It's not just for meeting your needs. Your dream is for other people touching other lives, transforming lives, changing lives. That's a vision. God gave me a vision of OFC in 2005, September. And you know what? It's not my dream. Though it has costed me a lot, it has costed me my life and so many things and so many things and so many challenges and opposition. I've given a lot of time. If I can add all the time that I have uh, spent pursuing this dream and sleepless nights and travels and prayer and giving and fightings and all that, it adds up to so much. But you know what? It's not this dream. I'm not, I've not been pursuing this dream how many years? 14 years almost? I don't know. Yeah. I have not been pursuing this dream that was born in February um, uh, 2006 for myself. If your dream is only about you, it is too small. If your dream is just to bring food on your table, well, you need to dream bigger than that. If your dream is just to wear a nice suit, you need to dream bigger than that. Your dream is just to take your children to school. You need to dream bigger than that. Amen. Have a dream, a big one. Like Martin Luther King who said, I have a dream. His dream was one day America will be a free nation where people can interact with anyone, go everywhere, and you know, ride in the buses. The, the African-Americans would, would, you know, in other words, to bring to an end the slavery that was there. Well, he was killed for that dream. But today, when you go to America, that dream is a reality. There's nowhere African-American cannot go. They can go to any hotel, to any restaurant, to any highway, to any bus, to anywhere they can go. They used to have toilets even for blacks and some for whites. Just like we saw in South Africa. You see, so again, it is so important to have a big dream that will be a blessing not just to you but to other people and I know there are people seated right here in a few years to come your dream you will realize your dream and this dream will bring great transformation amen now we are mourning our, our, our second president in Kenya right now who died recently and uh, he's a man who had a dream he pursued that dream to be a political leader to lead this country and uh, if you look at his history he he fought and he pursued because if you have a dream and you believe in it sometimes it's unfortunate because some of the people who pursue things that do not give up are people actually who are not doing the right thing but people who have the right thing the right mind the right focus sometimes they give up too early can somebody say i'm not giving up so, you know, the former president Moy, you know, the late pre president Moy, he, he pursued his dream. He worked from the 1950s 
you know, many of us were not there. Into the 60s when he got the independence. And then he was a vice president for many years, you know, to, to the first president, uh, Kenyatta. And then from there, from 1978, when Kenyatta died, where were you when he died? I still remember that announcement. I was walking home in the village and uh, I had that announcement that Muse Kenyatta is gone. And I thought this, this was the end of the world. <laughs> because there was a way people thought, or we thought, well, Kenyatta cannot die. I mean, how? How? The father of the nation. How? How can he die? I mean, we thought he cannot die. But you know what? Well, he died, and they announced he was in Mombasa, and then uh, Moi was given 90 days to step in and you know, uh, before they made the arrangements they needed, and then finally he became the president, you know, for how long? For 24 years. So, I mean, he's, he's a man who had a, who had a passion, who had a dream, you know, political dream, political journey, and that's what he lived for. And I respect people who live for a dream until they die. They may have not succeeded, or they may have succeeded, but we honor those kind of people. There are people who have even fought to become the president of Kenya or even other nations. Some of them don't get there, but they are still honored because they never gave up. They went to the grave trying. <laughs> it's good to keep trying because one day it will happen. Amen. One day it will happen. Don't give up so early. So the dream, the vision is for serving other people. It's to make the life of other people more comfortable is to make the life of other people better is to change the environment is to change the lives of our children and generations to come because our vision our dream should affect not just this generation but generations to come the dream that god has given me i don't want it to end in this or with this generation i want to have this dream that will continue for many generations to come until the Lord comes. So, you need to dream. When you have a dream, it keeps you going. Show me a man or a woman that stopped dreaming. No vision. Nothing to wake up for. They are like Apostle Paul when he said, if this thing is fake, I'm just paraphrasing. If this is not real, if Christ and resurrection and the gospel we preach is not real, then he said, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. There's somebody without a dream. Their mission is one, eat and drink. <laughs> Your dream should be bigger than eating and drinking. Amen. You only eat to help you remain alive so that you can pursue your dream. But Paul says, if this thing is not real, then what happens is that let's eat like everybody else. You know there are people who live this life just to eat and drink. It's like anything can happen. I mean, they're just there. But I pray that you not be one of them. You'll be a man you'll be a woman with a dream. And let me tell you, pursue that dream no matter what.
Can you say with me, I will pursue my dream no matter what. Nelson Mandela was put in prison for 27 years. I don't know how long you are willing to suffer for your dream. But one day he came out. And I believe in those 27 years they were checking on him. Did you change your mind? No. Five years. Have you changed your mind, Muse? No. Ten years. Have you changed your mind? No. Fifteen years. Have you changed your mind? No. Twenty-five years. Okay, we are just checking. Maybe you have changed your mind? No. Until they gave up. And they said, you can now come out. And he ended up becoming the first African president in South Africa. Why? Because he had a dream and he decided, I am pursuing my dream. I'm fighting for my dream. I am not giving up on my dream. And the dream of Nelson Mandela was not his own. It is for the whole country. Now, I went to South Africa. Unfortunately, there are many, okay, there are many people in South Africa who benefited from this liberation and the freedom and all that and the equality. But there are still some people in their mind, they still think we are still in that era where we are oppressed. Now, the government is ran by Africans and all that, but they still think in their mind because even as you pursue your dream, you can never rise above your mind. The best or the first part of you that needs to be liberated is your mind. Mandela would have been set free from prison, but you know he would have come out and come out still a prisoner. And he starts fighting as a prisoner. But he decided, I am leaving all that is behind me, 27 years of suffering, I am free physically and I am free mentally. Because many of us are free physically, but mentally we are not free. God wants us to be free both physically and mentally. I think one, I heard one man said he visited uh, South Africa when and saw that room where Mandela was and he said, I think what came to his mind was that you cannot imprison greatness. You cannot stop. In other words, you cannot stop greatness. I pray that you'll be one of those people that cannot be stopped. Can you say with me, I am unstoppable. Nothing can stop you. When you have a dream, you have a vision, and you decide to pursue it, let nothing stop you. Not discouragement, not pain, not death, nothing. Let nothing stop you. Keep pursuing that dream. Pursue your vision. Now, number four, vision helps us in decision making. Now, every day we are faced with hundreds of decisions that we have to make. Do I go here or do I go here? Do I do this or that? Do I start here or there? There are many decisions that we are faced with every day in our lives. Now, vision comes in to help you to align your decisions 
and your decision because decisions are key in our lives. Today, where we are, we are there because of decisions we made yesterday, last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago. Some of you, even where you're working, you're working or you're doing that job or that business because of decision you made when you went to school, when you went to college, you studied this and you studied the other. So there's a decision you made, I will not study business, I will do law, I will do this, I will do accounting, I will do, I'll go for teaching. I'll, so you, you decided, and, and some of these decisions are, some decisions are not tough. This morning you woke up and you made some few decisions. What am I going to have for breakfast? It's a decision. What do I put on? It's a decision. Yeah? That's why some of you are in blue, red, yellow, green, white, black. It's a decision. You go to the salon, what style? And they have, a, they have flamed women heads there with a, <laughs> 50 of them. Different styles. Looking this way, looking this way, looking this way. Some are black, white, yellow, green, red, all that. And then they tell you, can you tell us? And let me tell you some women who struggle. They look at that one. And, say, uh, uh, and they're looking and looking. And that's, I understand why women take so long in the salon. I didn't know until I got this revelation. It's because of decisions they have to make. I've seen, I've seen women, we are not naming names, and they go to the salon, spend three, four, five hours, and come home, stand in front of the mirror, and uh, say, I don't like how I look. And tomorrow morning, <laughs> they're going back again to the salon. And said, Remove this thing. I don't like it. Okay. And the people there are happy to get something to do. So they'll remove it and then try something different. Well, it's not all about hair. Some decisions are harder than that. Sometimes it's who to marry. It's a decision. And God, God said it's not good for man to be alone. But he didn't so say, tell you whether you marry Sally or Jane or Margaret or who? Huh? Huh? Teresa or Mary or whoever. They didn't, God did not tell you. So it's you to find out. <laughs> and some people struggle when it comes to those kind of major decisions because you're not picking somebody to take you through a journey of one day. You're making a major decision until, and you come and stand at the altar and vow until death. Whoa. Now, when you're making that kind of a decision, you don't just make it, you do it, you need wisdom, you pray, some will fast, 
Others will consult. Look for, it's good to look for all the wisdom there is in the world. <laughs> Amen. Talk to anyone who can listen. When you're making a major decision. Hello. Talk to anyone. Because you've seen people and they made decisions only using their knowledge or wisdom. But you have no monopoly of wisdom and none of us has the monopoly of wisdom. So we need the wisdom. Actually the Bible says where there is wisdom, there is, there is counsel of many, there lacketh no way. There will be a way out. There will be wisdom in decision making. So when you have a vision, that's why sometimes we will start maybe a business, a ministry, and you bring other people to reason with you. You see? Like we run a school. We have a board that comes together and help us to they were not in the vision, in the issue of vision of uh, starting the school. We, own, we, we also have the hospital, Jessica Hospital. And we bring other people and tell them, hey, please come, please come, please come. This is bigger than us. We have a board that sits down every quarter to help us. Because we do not just want to rely on our own wisdom. In a church like this, I do not just rely on my own wisdom. That's why many times we talk with the leaders, we discuss, we are talking, we are talking, we are talking. Because none of us have the monopoly of wisdom. So when you're making key major decisions, involve other people, talk to them. Does it mean you will take all their wisdom to the bank? No. There's somebody who will give you a counsel, give you some wisdom, and you decide, okay. I can listen, but I'm not taking that one. It's up to you now to decide. I've listened to 10 people. This one I can take. That one I discard. I can take that one. I discard. So if you're making a major decision, please talk to people. Nobody is an expert of all things or in all fields. You see? If you're buying a car, especially for the first time, please don't want to. You can surprise some of us, but don't surprise everybody. Sometimes you surprise yourself. Talk to people who have been in that field. Hey, my brother, you have been driving for 20 years. And there's something you know about cars that maybe I don't know. Talk to them. I want to buy this. I want to buy, you know, Toyota what? Toyota Prince. I want to buy uh, a Honda. I want to buy a Mercedes. I want to buy, uh, you know, this car. Uh, I want to buy, please... Help me. I need wisdom. You don't have to take everything they say, but it's okay to listen to what other people say. Otherwise, you may end up surprising yourself, thinking you're surprising other people. So in, in, in pursuing your vision, you actually, it helps you to make the right decisions, and then you align your decisions with your vision. You align your vision with the decisions you make every day. Because if you know where you're going, then there are decisions you will make depending that will align with where you are going. But above all, seek wisdom. Iron sharpens iron. So a man to another man. So it is important that you seek uh, wisdom, seek counsel from other people 
talk to them and sometimes they don't have to be born again hello sometimes it's good to broaden your view don't just go to people there are people who are not born again but they have some wisdom in some areas I'm sure you when you have your car you don't take you don't go to the mechanic because they are born again you go to the mechanic because they know what they are doing hello yeah of course there is some wisdom you cannot get from people who don't have your faith but there are people your father may not be a believer but he has some wisdom he can give you that you don't have so don't discard them because no no there's wisdom they can give you in making decisions maybe in investments in business even in marriage because your father is definitely older than you and you know there's some wisdom that it comes with age hello don't look at um, there an old man who is 75 and you think I as we are .com we know what we are doing no 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 I sometimes I like just listening to the older people if I get an opportunity just to sit with 80 85 I just want to listen to them I don't care whether they are born again or not I don't yesterday we were pastors retreat in Lemuru and I, we met a man there probably he's 75 or something and he has a history of that place so we took a bit of time just to listen to him the history of this area this is called this because of this there are some uh, white people who came in the 50s and know this and all that I don't know I, I don't know anything about that but he has it in his and he's happy he even stopped taking a cup of tea to take us through that journey He's happy to do that. Why not listen to him? You don't go asking, Muse, first tell me whether you're born again. Are you full of the Holy Ghost? No. You don't, you don't need the Holy Ghost to learn history. <laughs> yeah? So there are things you can get from people that are older, people that have gone ahead of you, people who are doing business and they have succeeded. If you get to sit down with some of the people who have succeeded in business in this country, you don't care whether they are born again or not. Of course, there are some values you decide, well, for me as a believer, I can't do this, I can't do this. But there are some things you can learn from them. Yeah? You can learn from them. Because we are who we are because of what we know. Now, if you're flying from here to Mombasa or from here to Kisumu and you get on, on that flight, you don't go there and first ask, Pirate, are you full of the Holy Ghost? Are you born again? Are you going to heaven? <laughs> but you see, you don't even get to see the pilot. They only announce and say the pilot's name is so and so. But the same pilot will carry you and take you to New York City, direct flight, and he's Wambua, or he's Kamau, or he's uh, Otieno, or whoever. And he'll push that thing all the way, 15 hours to New York City. You see? Because, and you trust them because they have been vetted and there is something they know that you do not know. I'm encouraging that find wisdom. And let me help you. When you find people that are wiser than you in some field, don't go there and all you do is talk, 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 talk. And they are wondering. And some of the things you are even saying, they don't make sense. Because you are not an expert in that field. You are not an authority in that area. 
you know, if I go in the middle where doctors are talking, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'll keep quiet and listen what they have to say. Because they have studied, they have qualified. So if they are talking about medicine, I don't go there and they start talking and talking and talking and bringing my Bible perspective on medicine. I'll do that when I need to, but I need to listen to them. If I meet, meet professors in, some, in this field, in agriculture, in this, in mechanical, whatever, I'll listen to them. So let me give you wisdom as I close that when you meet people who are you know, who have gone ahead of you and they know, there are even people like, I'll sit down, like last week I met some, you know, senior clergy in this country. People have been preaching, they are telling, oh, I've been preaching. I, I met a bishop from Moranga. We, we met him some years back when we were evangelizing as young people. And he's telling us he's been preaching in Moranga for 41 years. He met another one, 45 years. You know, I can't go there and just talk, 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 talk. I want to sit there and listen, this man that has been preaching here for 41 years, another one 50 years, you know, 50 years. I want to listen. I don't want to talk, 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 talk. Because sometimes we miss the wisdom because we can't zip up. Please help me tell your neighbor, learn to zip up. <laughs> yeah, that's wisdom also, to know when to zip up and just listen. They may think you don't know much, but you're gaining wisdom. One time I listened to John Maxwell. He said that uh, when he was growing up as a young minister, today he's a renowned writer and you know, books on leadership and all that. He was a pastor, I don't know, for 20 years or something. And when he was learning how to be a pastor and all that, he went and traveled to he booked appointment with the senior ministers in the country in America just to go and sit with them. Give me five minutes, give me ten minutes. And you'd go there, listen, make notes, and then just leave and go. You see? Because there's wisdom you get from this one, wisdom you get from this one. So when you have an opportunity to listen to people, please, don't leave that place or that room or that car or that flight the same. They say the difference, especially us Africans, sometimes we are accused, even when we are traveling. If you travel with, uh, let's say you have a flight, I can use the one from here to New York, a direct flight, 15 hours, and you have two, three Africans seated together, and you know what we do? We talk, 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 we doze. We wake up, continue talking, 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 we doze. And then we talk, 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 talk with those. Fifteen hours, all you have done is talking and dozing, talking and dozing, talking and dozing. But you look at people from other culture, somebody knew I'm traveling for 15 hours. Let me take three books. Yeah? I have my laptop or my iPad. They have information. They are working. They are busy. They will talk for a few minutes and then I tell you, nice to meet you and they go to work. 15 hours. You can't waste 15 hours talking about who has died, who has resurrected, whose funeral is in the village, who is what, who is marrying who, who divorced to who, who Hollywood, Kenya, what, what, politics, BBI. I mean, 
15 hours, a waste of time. A waste of, you'd have read many books. You'd have studied. You have equipped yourself. It's a time to dream. Sometimes when I'm traveling, I use that time for dreaming. And not those dreams you are thinking about. It's dreaming about my future. I have a vision. Writing. Sometimes I'm writing a book. And I can use three, four hours writing. How much can you achieve? Now, let's not even go very far. If you are driving or in a bus or in a bus from here to the city, it takes about an hour to get to the city. With the bad traffic, sometimes it can be two hours. But you're on this road every day. Let's say every day two hours. From Monday to Friday, how many hours? Ten hours. Okay? In a month, about 40 hours on this highway. But how much do you achieve within those? If you are serious about your vision, you cannot waste your 40 hours just sitting in that bus and complaining about the traffic every day. That thing will always be there. You can't complain about traffic until you go to heaven. No. Traffic will always be there. Oh, did you see that driver? Oh, did you see that motorbike? Ah, these people. How are to a border border? How are I, 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 no. And now you become even friends with your neighbors because both of you are complaining. You started complaining alone and now you have a neighbor you are complaining together. And then another two people join the gang. And all you are doing is complaining. All these drivers, I don't know how Kenyans drive. Where do they learn how to drive? What are the police doing here? All this traffic. Oh, you are sweating. And I mean, you can do something better. Are you counting cars? Oh, is that somebody driving that car? I had that car. It's 25 million. Oh, man, I, how can somebody buy that car? That's none of your business. Whether it's 25 million or 100 million or 1 million, it's none of your business. Let them drive what they are driving. You ride where you are riding, but use that time. When I was riding in buses from Dandora to wherever, because I used to go to get the ride and I was not driving, I used that time to read. I read a lot. I missed that time, by the way. I, I thank God I'm driving, but I missed that time because those days I read so many books because... I always carried a book. And I'm not talking of the Bible. Another book I'm reading here. Another book I'm reading. I'm reading, reading, reading. And I'll get in the train. Of course the train was challenging from Gedurai to go to town because the train was always full. By the time it came to Gedurai, you're almost stepping outside and holding on one, you know, one hand. It was challenging. But you know what? I'm carrying my book. If I find an opportunity, I read a chapter or two. Because it was almost two hours from the right to get the train to get to the city. And then from there, Boda Matatu to Kikuyu. You see? There again, another opportunity. So the Bible talks about maximizing every moment. Maximize the moment. Don't waste time. Time is precious. In here they say, time is money. I mean, it's more than money actually. It's, it's, a, it's a precious commodity. So any opportunity you have, even when you're coming to church and you're boarding a bus or a matatu for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, carry that book or even your Bible or something. Listen to a message. Something that will build your spirit. Sometimes in those buses they'll put music 
and videos. The other day they were complaining, uh, you know, about if they want to stop the buses, they have those movies and all that. And, and you don't have to be there to be entertained by trash. You can decide, I'm reading my book. I have my earphones. Let me listen to something that will build my spirit. I don't have to be there. Because some of you, you know, you, you don't entertain the music, but the music entertains you. You're there and you're say, thinking, what can I do? It's not my bus. So when they're saying, doom, doom, you start shaking your head. Doom, 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 doom. God will understand. It's not me. I have, don't have my car. I don't have a car. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, <laughs> you can read a book. You can buy headphones. I bought, I have headphones that are when I'm traveling that I put on and I read books using the headphones because I do better listening than actually actual reading. My wife is better reading than listening. So we are all different. So she loves to read. She can read a book within a day, a big one. For me, when I listen, I think I, I get more. <laughs> <laughs> we are all different. So you also learn how, how do you cope best? When is the, how do you read? How do you study best? I mean, all that. So that we are not, if you want to grow, it will not happen accidentally. It will happen because you are deliberate about your growth. And every day is an opportunity for you to grow. Amen. I believe that will help you change and do things different and make a change in your life. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your masses. We thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your people that are here today. Oh God, I pray the blessing of God be upon them. The favor of the Lord be upon them. I pray, oh God, that you help us. You strengthen us, oh God, to maximize every moment in line with the vision with the dream that you have given us. And I pray that everybody that is here, we will be committed and serious about pursuing our dream. Thank you, Lord. And I pray for each and every person's dream and vision here. Lord, I pray they will pursue it. The Bible says, it may tarry, but it shall come to pass. Lord, I pray, even the dreams that seem like they have been delayed. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, the barriers this year shall be removed and that dream will become a reality in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. If you're blessed, put your hands together, celebrate the Lord. We believe that today's word has richly blessed you. If you have a prayer request, a testimony, or your wish is to simply receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you may call or write to us on 0726-303-934 or 0724-228-403. I repeat, 0726-303-934 or 0724-228-403. Feel free to visit our website on www.ofckenya.church, our Facebook page at Overcoming Faith Church, OFC, and watch sermons on our YouTube channel, OFC Ministries. We invite you to join our life-changing services on Sundays. Our first service is from 8 to 9.45 a.m. and second service from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m and on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. for our midweek services. We are located at Blessed House, along Thicker Road, right opposite Garden City Mall, 
And if that's too far for you, not to worry. You may also join one of our other branches near you, listed on our website. Welcome to Happy Life Children's Home, a rescue center for abandoned babies and one of our many transformative ministries here at OFC. You may visit Happy Life in Roisambo along Lumumba Drive next to Jessica Children's Hospital and Happy Life Christian School in Juja Farm. To support this great work, please forward your contribution to pay bill number 755512 and account name being your name. That is pay bill number 755512, account name being your name. One of our other rapidly growing ministries is the Jessica Children's Hospital. Jessica extends subsidized pediatric services to the community of children around Nairobi and its environs. Find us in Roisambo along Lumumba Drive next to Happy Life Children's Home. We are here because we care. Jessica Children's Hospital, health for body, mind, and soul. For more information on Jessica and Happy Life, please call us on 732 899-869 and 0714-593-926. That is 0732-899-869 and 0714-593-926. Or visit our website on www.happylifechildrenshome.com. OFC, growing bigger and getting better.